everyone. Welcome to Redup, produced by Rockin.Asia, where we bring in innovative leaders across different regions to address and discuss critical topics by conducting fun and lovely programs. My name is Patty, your host for today. So our theme today is going to be on diversity. Diversity is critical in pushing for change and innovation. In fact, for many corporates, there are already leaders focusing on diversity and inclusiveness. As diversity becomes a commonly accepted practice, there is also the chance that people may simply take it for granted without realizing the importance of maintaining its momentum. In this panel, we would like to revisit what diversity means in today's turmoil world. What is the new normal, specifically around diversity in the space of technology and innovation? So we have three awesome guests here with us today. We have Elisa from Anchor Taiwan and Anchor Ventures, one of the most active ecosystem players in Taiwan. We have Christine from 500 Startups, one of the most prominent accelerators and venture capital worldwide. Last but not least, we have Karina from W Hub and Angel Hub, the first equity crowdfunding platform in Hong Kong. So without further ado, we'll go into our first game for today called Know Your Facts. So this is how the game goes. We have prepared seven questions for you. Each question comes with three options. After I read the question, I'll cue on each of you to select your answers and no explanations are needed. Make sure to get as many correct answers as you can because the scoring to this part of the game will affect your selection order later on in the game. Perfect. So the first question up is, which country has the most unicorns? Can I have Elisa first? C, the United States. C, the United States. Christine? Uh, C, US. US. Last but not least, Karina? It depends which report you're reading. It is in reality B, China. <laughs> all right, thank you for all of your answers. The correct answer for this question is actually C, the US. The, U the United States has boasts around 194 unicorns, while China, the UK, and India have 99, 20, and 18 high-value startups, respectively. India ranks higher than countries like Germany, France, and South Korea, which have more advanced economies. Moving on to the next question. How many female-founded unicorns were established in 2019? The same order, Elisa? A21. A21. Christine? I've also, I believe it's A. A21. Yeah. I would also say A21. Congratulations. It is A21 and D. This shows an upward trend when compared to how it was back in 2013. There were only four recorded female-founded companies back then. The upper trend is far noticeable around 2018 and onward. The third question is, there are roughly 7 billion people in the world today. Where do they live? Elisa? Let me read through this. I would say it's B. No, A. A. All right, Christine? I think it's A. A. Last but not least, Karina? Um, I would say it's C because there, there are 3 billion in Australia and, and Asia for sure. I mean, half of them. Um, and then, um, yeah, I would say C. Perfect. So the correct answer is actually C. There are 2 billion in the Americas, 
1 billion in Europe, 1 billion in Africa, and 3 billion in Australia and Asia. Good job, Karina. So the fourth question is, what percent of global venture deal value invested toward female-only founded startups today? Can I go with Elisa first? I'll go with A, 6%. A, 6%. Christine? This is female-only founded startups. Uh, okay, that's, that's A. A. Karina? Yeah, I would also say the unfortunate truth is A. All three of you are correct. The answer is 6%. So the proportion of deals in 2019 is slightly higher when compared with dollar volume. Female only was at 6% and female and male co-founded companies 13%, making up 19% of all funding rounds. Since 2016, deal count has gone up by 2% and is flat year over year. The next question is, the absolute number of startups in Crunchbase with at least one female founder has doubled, tripled, or quadrupled in the last five years. Elisa? In the last five years, I'll guess B, triple. B, tripled. Christine? A, doubled. Doubled. Karina? Yeah, I'm hesitating between B and C. I'll go for B, tripled. B, tripled. So the correct answer is actually quadruple. Wow. That's correct. In, 20, uh, in 2009, 9.5% of the startups had at least one woman founder. But by 2014, the rate had almost doubled to 18%. At the same time, the absolute number of companies, along with the total number of startups, with the female founder quadrupled from 117 in 2009 to 555 in 2014. So the next question is, worldwide, 30-year-old men have spent 10 years in school on average. So how many years have women of the same age spent in school? Elisa? I'll go with B, six years. Six years. Christine? C. <laughs> nine years. And Karina? I would also say C, nine years. The correct answer is indeed nine years. Oh. <laughs> All right. So the next question is, how many countries are there in total in Asia? Wow. Alisa? I'll go with um, I'll go with B, 48. 48. Christine? Uh, I think B. Karina? Hmm, I was hesitating between B and C, but just to make it more fun, I'm going to say C. <laughs> 65. Okay, so 65. according to the United Nations, the correct answer is <laughs> 48 countries. Um, these are all the seven questions we have to this part of the game. S, as demonstrated, you can see how diverse the startup innovation and energy is and how the startup ecosystem is really on the run in the past recent years. The world has been trying to prove, improve the diversity, actually. So... Uh, there are much more innovative activities in the past recent years. Let's play our second game first. And it's called Speaker Mind. And the rules to this part of the game is, up next, we prepared four statements. After I present each of the statements, I will cue on each of you to take a stance by saying agree or disagree. There are no right or wrong answers. We just like to hear about the different perspectives each of you take. So... The first statement we have is, you should have 
um, limited amount of snacks in the office. I know TSS does. So can I ask Elisa to start with um, agree or disagree and give us your reason? Disagree. <laughs> Because, well, first of all, I think the environment is changing rapidly. So whether we're going to always have an office to, to work at is definitely, you know, like changing, especially during this whole COVID and remote working um, conditions. And secondly, I think it's not necessarily good. Well, I guess depending on the type of snacks that you have, I think, you know, like a lot of people might suffer from their um, weight gain if, you, if they continue getting a lot of snacks and chips and, and so on from, from the office. So, and I think it's good for the people to go out as well to kind of like support the local economy and also just kind of like take a walk with colleagues and, and so on and so forth. So in general, I think it's good to have some coffee and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, personally, I think first of all, whether the concept of having an office where everybody kind of like sits there the whole day and having unlimited amount of either, you know, snacks and, and snacks, that's changing. And even if we still have the office, I think we can probably rethink whether that's necessary. So that's from my end. Great answer. We definitely witnessed some of those weight gain at TSS, but we're trying to, you know, <laughs> have healthier snacks in the office. So next up, I'm going to ask Christine to give your answer. Agree or disagree? I disagree. This is, although it's it's heavily biased because I'm probably one of the few people that it's not a big snacker. So I feel like that money should be spent elsewhere in your business. <laughs> And unlimited must be the most expensive of the options. So <laughs> I feel like um, nobody needs that many snacks. Um, and from my very, you know, I can't confirm this, but I, I'm sure I've read articles that have said that Um, if you have those munchies in the afternoon, you're actually just dehydrated. So you should just drink water. <laughs> water so, indeed that's my reason. Thank you, Christine. Last but not least, Karina. Yeah, my first reaction was totally disagree, but very selfishly because I think I would gain a lot of weight. Uh, now, I like all the ideas of healthy snacks as well. And I would fully agree under the condition that it's locked away and I don't have access to the key. <laughs> um, but but what I actually why why I would agree is um, and, and we have a snacks corner here is it really gives that moment where people can get together um, more like informally you know around a little break and a lot of brainstorming a lot of great ideas actually happen when people just get together and and have some good time um, so not only emotionally but also physically so um, yeah I think uh, I I love the idea on on doing a check on how healthy the snacks actually are. <laughs> Thank you for all three for your answers. So at TSS, we actually have snacks and I think they are limited. And uh, for now, we've shifted from a lot of chips to some protein and granola bars, which is better than before. So the next statement we have is, if you were to start your business, you should do it in Asia. Elisa, agree or disagree? Well, I guess I'll go with both agree and disagree because it really depends on what type of business that you're building and also your background and expertise and network. I suppose this is not a question for me, myself, but like a general statement, because I think overall for anyone who are to start a business, I think it's important to really consider 
what conditions you have and what's the unique value proposition that you can put on the table. So I think it depends largely on the type of business and also, you know, your educational life experience and also just kind of your skill sets and network. So I would say if for you, the answer is Asia, definitely by all means, we love seeing more collaborations on a cross-border basis from around the world. But if your network and your life experience is in the States, Africa or Europe, by all means, start from there first because starting a business is hard enough. And I think you should find a place where it's basically easiest and gives you all of the conditions for you to succeed. Thank you, Elisa. Christine, agree or disagree? I would say agree, but this is under the kind of the the vein of that you can start, um, especially given like how connected our, our world is now, and especially with certain distribution platforms and um, hubs growing all around the world. That you should do it in Asia because you can. Um, every every ecosystem is different, of course. Um, you know, even within Asia, each country is is very different in terms of the maturity of the ecosystem and um, you know certain nuances to the culture. That's the case even in the US. Um, I mean, I'm based in Silicon Valley and um, that might be thought of as like the place to start a company. There's a lot of reasons not to be here, especially right now. But um, I think that I've certainly had that firsthand experience in terms of seeing companies start businesses like you know everywhere in the world and over the past 10 years and even 10 years ago, people were doing this and now much more developed, um, especially in, in, in Asia, like so many of the countries, Taiwan for sure, Korea, um, you know, Japan, et cetera. And there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of potential hiring talent. Um, you know, the one probably gap may be still around early stage capital and the mentorship. But again, I think that there's a lot of advantages um, being in Asia or in just, you know, in, in any part of the world. So um, I think it's, Asia is completely viable place to start a company. There's so many examples of that. Thank you, Christine. Last but not least, can I have Karina? Do you agree or disagree with the statement? Yeah, my first reaction, and that's totally biased by my own story, I would have said I fully agree. Um, I think I would have never started a business back in Europe. Um, so arriving here in, in Hong Kong, uh, where the entrepreneurial spirit is, is really everywhere, and uh, it's so easy to start your own company. Now, interestingly, thinking a little bit um, further on, um, I maybe would have answered differently even eight years back when I was uh, still working in my corporate job in, in Japan, where, um, and there I really would like to echo what, what my co-panelists said. I mean, it, it really also depends in terms of um, how easy it is for you to connect and how easy also it is for you to really feel very passionate about the problem that you're solving, right? So it's really market depending on in which area you're working on, what is the problem you're trying to solve and what is the solution that you're trying to build? Um, but once again, I think there are a lot of great examples here in, in Asia. And again, not to forget about, you know, Hong Kong, the fact that we have scaled nine unicorns and one third of them are really from foreign founders uh, shows that there are a lot of advantages on tapping into very multicultural hubs here in, in Asia that you can easily find. Um, but once again, I think I agree that you can also find the, these hubs um, in, in other places in the world. Awesome. Those are some great answers. And yes, indeed, it really depends on one's background and expertise and also like how well you know the culture or what industry vertical you're stepping in, which determines how or where you're going to start your business. And our next statement coming up is 
you should get a co-founder who is completely different from you. Elisa, agree or disagree? I would agree, uh, disagree, um, mainly because I think it's important to find diversity with the skill sets within the co-founding teams or within the team in general. But I think if the person is completely different, and I guess I'm taking that literally, then um, you're probably gonna have a lot of conflicts and arguments and so on and so forth. I think it's important to at least be sitting on the same core values. So I think in terms of, say for example, integrities and basically your vision in terms of what the good world will look like, I think those are actually important to have some sort of common universal threat within the team. And I think skill sets wise or perspectives and cultural background totally, you know, like I think I appreciate always differences with people from different backgrounds. But I think overall it's important to have that core value basically um, similar so that you can have a more coherent development within the team. Thank you, Elisa and Christine. Agree or disagree? I disagree too. I think I saw it in the same um, the same light as Elisa that um, when I see completely different, I, I actually think that what you would want to go for is someone who's complementary to you. But in terms of completely different, I read that as like like you're just not even on the same page, or it's just like you can't understand each other. Um, I think sometimes opposites attract, and that's where I I go into like you should have complementary skills. So if you're good at something, um, not good at something else, ideally your co-founder can fill in that gap for you or you hire a team that does. Um, but I think even if you have different personalities or um, skill sets, there has to be something common to both of you. Otherwise it won't, you know, it won't last. So it's kind of going back to the, the principles or core values or being aligned with the mission. Thank you, Christine. And last we have Karina, agree or disagree? So you should definitely get a co-founder to start with, right? <laughs> Don't do it on your own. Um, the second thing is it obviously depends on the definition of completely. Um, and I would have tended to agree. And I have in my mind this picture of yin and yang, so the black and the white, um, where you really, what also my co-panelist said, um, build on the complementarity um, in terms of personality, in terms of skill set, um, and you want as much as, as diversity as possible, right? Um, now, the interesting thing with the yin and the yang is you have that little white dot in the black, right? And you have that little black dot in the white. So again, um, just to highlight, I think, yes, in terms of mindset, in terms of mission, in terms of beliefs, in terms of values, um, it is really important that you are united and again biased by my own story so having found that um, w hub and angel hub with my co-founder karen um who was actually um a very very good and dear friend and where people would tell you to never should start a company with your friend is actually because very often you tend within your friends to be very much alike also in terms of skill sets and interests and um and we have these core interests that are really um, that we have in common and these core values in common, but then we're very, very different. And of course, you know, as with any diverse team on a day-to-day -day basis, um, it's not as as easy sometimes because you have to deal with conflicting viewpoints. Um, but that I think once again, obviously makes all the benefit and, and provides all the added value. So yeah, very, very different. I would totally agree. Obviously fully aligned in terms of values and passion and purpose. Yes, you should be very, very much aligned. Thank you for your answers. And as all of you can tell, we tried to make the questions or the statements very extreme, uh, agree or disagree. <laughs> so 
just so we can get the real sort of answer out of you. So there are no right or wrong answers, and it's always good to have like complementary skill sets. But in terms of the core vision, maybe not completely different, but have different perspectives to be contributed to the same vision would be a good idea. And last up, we have the statement. Asia's market is easier to enter than the U.S. market. Elisa, agree or disagree? I would disagree on the basis that a lot of time people talk about Asia as if it's one country, while in reality, I think we also just learned that there are forty-eight in total. And sometimes within one country, like China or India, say for example, there are probably even thousands of different languages and cultures, and, and so on and so forth. So I think overall,、um, Asia is very diverse. Even though you know, like the United States, there are like diverse cultures and so on and so forth as well. But at least you know, one major language and also kind of like a more similar collective. Um, background and, and history. So I would say, in general, if you look at Asia as a whole, it's much trickier if you want to really conquer the entire so like continent or this, this region. There are a lot of、uh, cultural considerations. You need to really find a trustworthy partners and really evaluate your options in terms of priorities, in terms of your entry points. For your overall cross-border expansion into Asia, so I would disagree that Asia market is easier to enter than the U.S. markets. Obviously, it also depends on, I guess, the type of products that you are building. Because certain products, say for example, in the startup worlds, in the enterprise space, probably you know, like in the U.S., that's still the mainstream. So I think.、Um, Other than that general consideration, then you probably also need to think about the type of products, which regions has basically、um, more presence, or if you want to really be the market leader in that space strategically, where would be better for you to enter. So I think, in addition to that general consideration, then there's a lot of other things to consider in terms of the, the type of products or your, your um, special um, markets that that you're trying to conquer. Thank you, Elisa. Next up, Christine. Agree or disagree? I would disagree as well. I think. I mean, good thing、um, Elisa goes first. <laughs> But she said basically what I was thinking that a lot of times U.S. companies will think they're going to expand to Asia, and、um, you know, unfortunately, if they don't better educate themselves on what is Asia, they kind of approach it as like, you know, these countries all kind of act similarly when in fact they're completely different.、Um, Um, same with Europe. Like I think you wouldn't go into Europe thinking I'm just going to expand to Europe when there's so many countries, so many languages, cultures, you know, nationalities. So、um, I think that you have to take into consideration like each country separately. And there's also East Asia, you know, in contrast with Southeast Asia,、um, India's as its own, you know, you know, one massive country. Of course, there's you know like Central Asia. So it's、um, there's just so many different. Countries that you would have to take into consideration each country by country individually, whereas with the U.S., you know we are you know num- many many states and many different kinds of people, but common language, more or less, you know,、um, kind of approach to to certain things in terms of how you can penetrate that market. So I would say that that's it's it's um it's definitely more challenging to to enter Asia from the perspective of if you were to. Try to get into as much adoption as possible, or more, as much penetration as possible. Thank you, Christine. Unless we have Karina, 
Do you agree or disagree with the statement? Yes, I disagree with the statement as well. Um, and first of all, also to really stress that no expansion is is easy, right? There's this myth out there that particularly in the tech scene, um, you know, you go viral overnight or it's easy to expand um, across the globe with a click of a button. So every expansion is, is uh, difficult. And um, I think there are the hows and my co-panelists mentioned that as well, um, that are need to be taken into account. And I think in each of these markets, be it the US, be it Europe, and tell me about the diversity of Europe, I'm, I'm German, my husband is French, um, and the diversity of the Asian market, um, there are certain hubs that might make it easier. Um, so again, just thinking about um, Asia, uh, be it Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan, there, there are hubs out there that already enable through their exposure and multicultural and diverse you know backgrounds and environment to maybe ease the transition for people that come from a very different part of the world um same thing i'm always impressed when i'm back in europe in berlin to see actually how international startup ecosystem is there um and then again from 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 the yes side there there are many examples out there you know new york silicon valley where i think you can really really enable to find that you know potential partnership that you need to give you a smoother access to each of, of these um, different different markets. And yeah, I can only highlight, I mean, how particularly here, you know, in, in Asia, how different each of the markets is, and even some markets that look very similar, right? Um, between Hong Kong and, and, and Singapore, there's always this comparison. And we have enough companies from here who said, well, I was thinking just to copy paste what I was doing here in, in Hong Kong um, to Singapore, you know, like, around six to seven million people, city state, like very, very similar environment and total different market dynamics. So again, the biggest watch out, never ever underestimate the challenges um, and the due diligence you have to have when you expand into different markets and countries. So thank you for your answers. So as our, uh, as our guests mentioned, uh, no markets are really easier to enter compared to the other markets, especially for regions like Europe or Asia. These geographical regions consist of a lot of countries. Business model that works in Taiwan might not work out in Singapore, so each of them can be taken separately. So this part of the game um, shows and demonstrates how there are a lot of diversity in the whole globe-wide startup ecosystem. Next up, we have our last game called Build a Dream Team. <laughs> So I hope you all watch the NBA or some sort of sports because on the next slide, we will be presenting you 20 famous people known by the world right now. And each of you need to pick three people to become your business co-founders, except there are no repeats allowed. So according to <laughs> the ranking and the quick fun question we had just now, We'll be going around asking you to select a person each and tell us a quick reason. Once the selection has been made, the person is off the board. And the order selection will be taken uh, from Christine to Karina to <laughs> Elisa. So I'll be pressing this space button and showing you the 20 famous people right now. And we will give you a quick 10 seconds to do a scan through. And we'll start with Christine. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Let's get the game started. So I'll be quickly just going over the list. So we have Mark Zuckerberg. We have Oprah Winfrey. We have Sundar Pichai. We have Sher Wong. We have Ashton Kutcher. We have Jack Ma. 
Marissa Mayer, Cheryl Sandberg, Elon Musk, Jay-Z, Kamala Harris, Sophia Amoruso, Robert Smith, Barack Obama, Tony Shea, Dr. Dre, Alfred Lin, Kylie Jenner, Damon John, and the last person is Lisa Sue. So starting with Christine, who would be your first pick? So I just have to, I don't have to pick, I don't pick all three right now. Just, yes, just uh, one at a time. Oh, just one. Just one. Okay, one at a time. Okay. I, I will first go with, um, Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so each pick will have a 10 seconds countdown, just a heads up. Oh, okay, okay, so I won't spend like five minutes like and staring it, at this, okay. So if not, you get somebody assigned to you or what is it if you make yeah. the 10 <laughs> Or it moves on. <laughs> you know, as someone who was probably picked in the middle or last for PE um, and teams, now I feel like I've like gotten my, um, now I'm on the other side so I get to pick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I would probably, so I'll pick, first one, one I'll pick is Oprah Winfrey. It's It it, it fits in in context of the other two, which I, I can't pick right now, but um, pick Oprah because she um, has that, at least what I can tell, a kind of very charismatic, extroverted personality that is always going to be critical for any company in, say, a, a sales capacity or BD capacity, but um, she's, you know, built an empire so she's very much capable of of winning winning the crowd, winning people over. Um, and I'm a personal fan, so I'll I'll pick Oprah. <laughs> first right. pick. Great pick. Next up, uh, Karina, please take your first pick. And remember, Oprah Winfrey is off the board now. Yes, what a likelihood! I was going to pick the same one. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, I get, get given her net worth. I think that would have already made you a unicorn from day one. Um, so anyway, um, I think I'll, I'll go to my second. Um, I'll go to my second choice then, which is um, Elon Musk. And and this is just because I definitely want to go to planet Mars this while I'm still alive. <laughs> so I, I hope that would that would guarantee that. So very selfish reason. Okay. All right. So we have Oprah Winfrey and Elon Musk are now off the board. So can we have Elisa take your first pick? Sure. I will pick Lisa Sue. So I think maybe not all of the audience uh, are familiar with Lisa. She is the chairperson of AMD. And I think throughout the last few years after she took over the leadership over there, she has really turned over the company. And now she herself is one of the highest paid executives around the world. And I think, oh, by the way, and she has Taiwanese connections. So she basically um, is an immigrant with Taiwanese language and obviously in the semiconductor world in 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 the entire um sort of like sector over there there's you can see a lot of taiwanese connections in, in that space so i think it shows that as a female leader she was able to really make very um, precise and strategic business decision and I think whenever I read about her and also saw her speech, I was always just very inspired. So I think I would love to work with someone like her who um, I believe will be able to provide a lot of guidance and also um, operational sort of like um, expertise when it comes to running a company. 
Great, thank you, Elisa and Christine. You can have your second pick now, but before you make the decision, I'd just like to ask, are your two other choices still available? Unfortunately, one one is gone. So Lisa Sue would have, was part of that dream team, but mm. I'll have to I'll have to move on to uh, the others. <laughs> All right. So um, I think my second pick would be, I think my second pick actually would be Alfred Lin, um, because. Mm -hmm we need in a dream team to also have someone who has a really deep operational expertise. He's been, you know, COO, CFO at Zappos. Um, and now at Sequoia, he's sees it with companies, but definitely like the, the person who can kind of draw the blueprints and, um, and um, you know, architect like kind of the, the operations of, 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 a, of a company, like I feel like he would bring that kind of wealth of experience. Thank you, Christine. Alfred is actually one of my pick as well. So, oh. <laughs> Karina, who would be your second pick? Yeah, oh, I see we have a lot of similar picks. Totally Alfred, right? The investment side and, you know, as a shoe fetishist, you know, that would have been a perfect co-founder. Um, also fully agree on Lisa. Um, and just wondering again, in terms of actually having my own co-founder be, um, a hacker, right? An engineer. I um, would really love to have another co-founder who is really, really um, uh, has a strong tech background. So I think with that, I would then take Chair Chair Wang um, and have her as part of my co-founding team. Okay, thank you, Karina. That is one great pick. And Elisa, can we have your second pick? Sure. I'm gonna go with another lady. So my second pick is Cheryl Sandberg. And the reason is that um, if you look through her career path, so basically um, previously with Google and so on and so forth, and obviously spending a very long time at Facebook already. And I think I really witnessed how she was able to work with a relatively young co-founder, Mark, and able to really ensure the operational side of such a giant company is really kind of like uh, moving very smoothly. But I think the main reason that I pick her is that throughout either kind of like books or people who have worked with her, I think she is a tremendous mentor in terms of basically guiding through the teams and empowering the people in the team to grow and to really kind of like bring out that best versions of themselves. And I think someone like this is really crucial and beneficial in, in the company. So in addition to that, I think the fact that she was, she has always been, at least from, from what I can see, a vulnerable person who is very authentic. So, you know, like going through a lot of life crisis and changes, she basically kind of like share that relatively openly to encourage more people and with the leading sort of like initiatives around the world to really empower more um, ladies and, and women in the professional world. So yeah. I'll pick her because I, I just feel like both professionally and personally, I think she will be someone good to know. Great pick. And now we're going to have our last round of picking, starting with Christine. Who would be your third and last pick? Uh, my third and last pick would be Dr. Dre, which <laughs> I, I actually strategically picked last because I felt like I don't know if he would have been one that I would have to make sure to pick before anyone else does, but it's kind of a, an odd, odd pick, but um, he's, he, he has a very creative side, of course, um, in terms of like spotting new artists, like his own beats. Um, so I feel like he brings the, the real like creative 
artistic side to a dream team. Um, and I think that would be like in any team that would be really important in terms of like the, someone who can think of like all the crazy ideas and like the moonshot ideas on like, what if we did this or that? And they could have their space to just go, go, you know, crazy with, um, with kind of their artistic mind. Um, they wouldn't necessarily be the one charting like the, the five-year you know plan or five-year budget, but it's a good compliment that I think with the, the team that I had picked so far and my own skills, um, it would round it out. So that is a very interesting pick. Yeah. So Tina, <laughs> who is your third and last pick? Yeah, so I have to say I was um, I'm really looking and following with interest, um, you know, um, Sophia's story. And I, I just started the, the series, um, the corresponding series on on Netflix, right, about um, Nasty Gallon. It's kind of oppressive what, what she achieved. And then I'll, I'll wait until I see the um, impressive fall as well. Um, but um, until I finish the series, um, I'll, I'll make a more in, informed decision at, at this point. And I think I would go with uh, with Ashton, um, Ashton Kutcher. And. You know, before, as I said, probably Alfred would, would have been a pick as well. So, um, and I think Ashton Wood is really nice. He could combine two things, the two sides of of what, what we do here at, at W Hub. So on the one hand side, obviously showcasing startups and, and helping them to attract resources and, and driving visibility and awareness. And, you know, as a producer and an actor, um, he who would be fabulous and helping us with that. But he's also, um, you know, an, an entrepreneur and very active investor. And he invested in, in Skype, Airbnb, and again, on the Angel Hub side, we were really drive, uh, try to drive um, access to startup investing um, and, and democratize that and, and, and promote that. Um, I think he would be a wonderful combination. So I would take uh, Ashton then. Great choices. Last but not least, we have Elisa. Who's your last and third pick? I was really torn between two people, um, but I think I think I'll probably go with Jack Ma. So, <laughs> well, first of all, I wanted to pick someone who is probably quite different from from myself and also from the previous two people. Obviously, Jack is also a very accomplished entrepreneur and also an investor as well. But I think I'll probably appreciate the fact that he basically started out as a teacher and basically built this entire empire. And from basically this e-commerce site to now FinTech and also the entrepreneurial fund and so on and so forth, not just in China, but also Hong Kong and Taiwan and overall, I think he will probably be able to provide a different perspectives and also in-depth understanding in terms of the ecosystem, say for example, in China and also this greater China region as well. And yeah, so I think I think he'll, he'll be on the pick. Originally, I was sort of like debating in between him and maybe maybe Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I don't, frankly, from what I heard, I'm not really sure whether, whether he would be someone that I personally would want to or be able to work closely with. But it'd be, just because from what I read, he's so different. And I think, you know, like, um, I would probably also appreciate that different perspectives. And the fact that he has been working so well with Cheryl Sandberg. And I think that will probably provide kind of like a good foundation within the team. At least, you know, it seems like they have worked out how to work with each other. But anyway, I, I think I'll, yeah, those are the All right, so a quick round of recap. Christine, you have chosen Oprah Winfrey, Alfred Lin, and Dr. Dre. Karina, you have picked Elon Musk, Sherwan, and Ashton Kutcher. 
Elisa, you've picked Lisa Sue, Cheryl Sandberg, and Jack Ma. So I'm going to ask you the question, are you happy with your team? And if you can swap or switch with some other people, <laughs> would you do it? Starting with Christine. Um, even though one of the choices wasn't my uh, initial pick, I actually am, I'm pretty happy with the team. I think it's it's complimentary. I have no idea if, if we all get along. <laughs> They're all, there's a few big personalities, but um, but in this in this dream team scenario, um, I'm I, I like I like this team. Great, Karina. What about you? Yeah, I'm just looking at the diversity, and uh, which is which is pretty good. And um, I think yeah, um, definitely. So I'm as I mentioned previously, I'm pretty binary. So once I made a decision, I'll I'll go with it, and I'm super happy with it. <laughs> Perfect, Elisa. What about you? Yeah, I get the top choice, like basically all of the people that I wanted, they were not chosen yet by others. So pretty happy with my dream team. Okay, so as uh, all of you audience and guests can see, we chose like a very diverse group of 20 people. There are no right or wrong answers, but mainly it's a fun activity to show because uh, today, when you're starting your own business, you have to find the correct co-founders to do the business with you to ensure everything after that goes smoothly. So it's just a fun activity. And thank you for participating in today's game show. And if you like us, please give our Instagram a follow and comment below what other content or questions would you like to see being presented in the game show. So thank you to our guests today for participating and we hope to see you real soon. Stay safe and stay healthy.